WNYC would like to issue the following disclaimer. Duplicast is not an Orphan Black recap podcast. It is an Orphan Black podcast and it does contain recaps, but also very silly things. There may or may not be spoilers, but you already knew that. Duplicast is hosted by two women from another dimension who are clones. That's it. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Oh, fish and chips. Marmite. Oh, Cadbury's cream eggs. Hannah? Oh. Uh, what pot pies? Ha- what Hannah? What? Hannah, wake up! We we have oh. to do a podcast. Oh oh, I'm so sorry. I was just having a, a nice little fantasy sequence. Um, well, you know what? The recent episode of Orphan Black also had a fantasy sequence, so that actually works out pretty well. <laughs> Welcome to Duplicast. I'm Hannah Bingham. And I'm Emma Drexler. And we're clones. Hi. And today we're going to be discussing the inaugural episode of season three of Orphan Black. It's a really fun episode. It moves super fast and we cannot wait to get into it with you. There was an incident in 2006. Helsinki. Yes. I finally told Susan Teller what was what. Oh my God, you got fired. I called her a bitch. The eye was lost. She sustained some trauma to the frontal lobe. You have to play Rachel. Oh, piss off. I'm leaving. You're made of the good stuff, aren't you? Do you recognize me now? <laughs> Do you recognize me now? Yeah. She mustn't uncover Helsinki. Not even Rachel knows. Helsinki, 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 Helsinki. We also have a fascinating field piece with a brainwashed army captain. You made me this tea, can't I drink Tea must assassinate president of China! Tea! Must assassinate tea. tea! Tea! Oh, goodness, so exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is my first field piece ever. I, I hope it goes well. I'm super excited to hear what Hannah has to say about it. Emma Drexler, intrepid reporter. Yay! So, uh, season three of our favorite TV show, Orphan Black, is finally on the air. And Emma, I am so excited for this upcoming season. I couldn't be happier. I mean, I went into basically a clone coffin since the last season ended and uh, only came out in preparation for our podcast and now I'm I'm just so happy I'm out. I have actually been hibernating with a brown bear. You know, the spring is here, the brown bear is on its way and now Orphan Black is here and I am on mine. So in the in the premiere we see Helena's fantasy and obviously when a fantasy is that good, the reality is very very bad. Um, oh, absolutely. But some of the fun elements of the fantasy, I, I don't know if you agree that it was super funny and cute and childlike. Oh, I loved it. And very beautiful and brightly colored. If you like that, ox liver smells fantastic. Doesn't it? It's our sister's favorite. Marinated in harilka all day. Mm, that'll go perfectly with these. Well, it's very common for us clones to have very involved fantasy sequences, our imaginations are much much more um advanced uh i don't know i don't don't know how to describe it to non-clones really it's 
It's very wonderful. I mean, the other night I had a terrific fantasy about dollar pizza and oh, uh, watery oh, hot dogs. One. Yeah, you know, just food of my homeland, New York City, USA. <laughs> But, you know, having Felix grill ox liver and be all decked out. He's wearing a and very braided bright... breads. The braided bread, well, babka and kalbasa. So fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know that I certainly dream about the foods of my homeland on a regular basis. And so Cosima shows up in like a traditional Ukrainian garb. She's great. And for me, that was really the moment that gave away that this was a fantasy sequence and not something that was actually happening. If even you... though I sort of knew, you know, yeah. if, if you weren't to clone it, it might even have been harder to tell. But as soon as she says this line that we're just going to listen to right now, it was very clear that it was just in Elena's head. Dude, you look awesome. You look awesome, awesome. <laughs> you are well? Oh yeah, I'm like way better thanks to science. That is my favorite fantasy giveaway ever. Oh, absolutely. People saying things that they would not normally say. Mm -hmm. uh, so as soon as that's happened, it goes straight to Elena in a box. Right. A cozy, comfy box. I don't get what the problem is. very comfy. I mean, I've been in far smaller boxes than that. I mean, you're a small lady. I mean, we both are. Very, very small. Uh, we are both much smaller than Tatiana Maslany. That's absolutely true. We were But bred that way, you know. Looks like a great box. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, so we see her with, with her little scorpion uh, Patronus. Mm -hmm. And we all have that. We do. I actually have a mink. A mink? Yeah, do you they're, pet they're it? very soft, but they're actually very violent. I don't pet it very often because he, he does bite. Oh, okay. Mine How is a you? bit strange. It's actually a puppet of a cat. Oh, very interesting. Maybe that's a New York thing. Um,. Yeah, it is, I think. I think everyone, I think every New York clone that I've talked to about this has mentioned some sort of Muppet puppet creature thing. Interesting. Maybe you just go your own way in New York City, don't you? I think it just has to do with Sesame Street and Avenue Q, all that stuff. You know, our cultural. Yeah. The cultural heritage of New York, absolutely. Exactly. <clears throat> So we finally get to talk to the caster clones, and they are creepy. You're made of the good stuff, aren't you? Crystal had no idea what she was made of. Oh my goodness, they are so creepy. Every single one of them is a creep. That must be a genetic trait. Or the haircut. The haircut is also very the same and very creepy. And I, I think it'll make it probably easier for them to be able to impersonate each other. I think that that's probably something, I mean, some, certainly something that we see with the Sarah clones. You think that's a, a, a military choice and not a makeup department decision? You know, I think that the military is very strict about its haircuts. And also, you know, our society is very strict about the way that men have their hair. I mean, there's a, there's a limited number of male haircuts. Yep, there's the... Um... Short back and sides. Yep, that that that's one, and the the spiky one, a little bit longer, but not very long. Kind of curly, almost. Right, but just in the top. So, to explore this a little bit more, Emma actually went to speak to Flip Dennings, who is a brainwashed army captain, and she has a great interview for you right now. 
Oh, hi. Hi, Miss Drexler. Hi, Existed. Captain Flip Dennings, United States Military Army, United States Division. Come on in. Welcome. I'm just, I'm making some tea with some homemade herbs of mine. Would you like yourself some tea? Uh, sure. I would Wonderful. like some. Wonderful. All right. We also have coffee. Tea is fine. Tea. Mm, tea. Yes, tea. 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 Introduce yourself, please. Captain Flip Dennings, United States Military, Armed Forces, United States Military Division. Are you familiar with the show Orphan Black? I've heard of it. It, it, it depicts the Army in a, a somewhat unfavorable light. Specifically, it establishes that the Army mm. is conducting secret clone experiments right. to, breed, to breed super soldiers under the umbrella of something called Project Caster. Should we close the window? Oh yeah, sorry about that. It's just military craft going over by. I'm supposed to be doing a flyby a few more minutes. I don't know if that's gonna help because they're supersonic jets. I know there's no such thing as male cloning. You're correct. Um, maybe you could tell me about, I don't know, other experiments and secret projects that the are, army might be involved in. Are you asking me to divulge military secrets? Yes, for a podcast. It's very fun. You're asking me to divulge sensitive information to a podcast, which they those go out to everyone, right? Yes, if they download it. Sometimes they don't. Well, I'm sorry. I just, I can't speak to that. I cannot uh, speak to my knowledge. Oh, come on. Knowledge. You can tell me something. I mean, I'm an official reporter. Reporter? And reporter! Must kill the president of Venezuela! About, uh, I was asking you about military secrets, mm-hmm. and you picked up a, a bust of President Eisenhower mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. broke it over your knee. This this bronze bust of, of Eisenhower, I busted over my knee. Clearly, the military has some sort of brainwashing protocol with respect to trigger words. That 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 must be it. Why would the military brainwash one of its soldiers? I don't know, seems logical. Wouldn't you want your soldiers to only follow your orders and nobody else's? Yes, of course, but in today's modern military, we achieve that sort of loyalty with loyalty programs. What are those? Oh, you know how, like, when you go to 7-Eleven and you get the card where you get five Slurpees and then the six Slurpee is free? Uh-huh. It's one of those. I-, I hate to break it to you, but it does seem like you might be brainwashed. I'm brainwashed. It's weird that when you say the, the trigger... Words you don't react to them. Um. Uh. What, what do you mean? When I say certain words, you uh, you kick into assassination mode. Uh, uh, uh. There's no way to to just say a magic word and and get a man to start killing. That's a work of uh of screenwriters in Hollywood. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Movie must make eggs. Must make eggs. Oh, well, wonderful. Eggs. What a wonderful surprise. Do you find yourself being surprised by eggs often? No more than the average man in the military. Uh-huh. Two or three times a week. I guess movie is a common word. Movie must make eggs. Movie. movie. We don't need any more eggs. We have eggs. Eggs. You know what, Emma? You could do better next time. But I... I, I, I tried really hard. I mean, it, it's fine. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the criticism. So, did he make you eggs? They were very uh, salty. Oh, well, that's disappointing.
It was. This episode of Duplicast was written and performed by Anna Rubinova and Siobhan Thompson, with special guest Adam Bozart. It was produced by Jen Poyant, Caitlin Thompson, and Paula Schumann, with production help from Ethan Scheel. Our musical theme was composed by Jay Cowett. It's the only thing he's ever done right. Uh, I, wor- I worked really hard on that. No, the- I'm not crying. Oh, stop, 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 stop trying to wipe my tears away. Okay.